tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after-show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! What is up, gladiators? Welcome to Scandal, season two, episode two. I said season two. This is season four. Season four, episode two, the State of the Union. We are here, your favorite after show. And I'll, I'll stay to that. Your favorite after show. My name is Emil and it's Junior. As always, I'm your host here with my favorite gladiator, starting with the lovely, the beautiful, the talented. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Canelia. Hi, everyone. I'm Sophia Stanley. And I am Bam Erickson. And we have a very special guest in the building. She is the casting director for the Adult Swim Black Jesus. Please welcome um, Amber Bickham. Hey. Hello, gladiators out there. So we have Amber here on the panel. They were super excited to have her. She is going to join in the conversation with us. But before we get into this episode, which I thought was pretty amazing, I'm blown away. Guys, we broke records as far as the Scandal After Show goes last week. On YouTube, I wrote down the numbers. Uh, for our season four episode one episode on YouTube, we hit 66,614 views as of today, 256 likes and 353 comments. That's a lot of comments. (sighs) Like what? I am so blown away by you guys. So make sure you continue to tell people about the scandal after show because this blows away any of our numbers from last season. We are so happy that you're tuning in and we want to reach the 100,000 mark. So my challenge to you this week is to tell at least five of your friends who don't know about us about the scandal after show. Make sure you tweet your friends about the scandal after show. We love when you tag us, but tag your friends and say, hey, check out this great after show on AfterBuzz TV so we can keep having more views. And also tell them about iTunes. We go to the podcast every morning after our show. Go to iTunes. Listen, comment, rate, subscribe, all that good stuff. We love you guys so much. And yeah, we'll talk about that more later. I'm just so happy. Let's get into this episode, though. I thought that this was a great episode. I thought it went back to more original scandal. Um, and I'm liking the way it's flowing now. I think it. I think it's going to be good. I'm, I'm giddy right now. Oh, you mean? <laughs> what do you guys think? I, I 100% agree. I felt like it was vintage scandal. There was an ease to it. Mm-hmm. So where in last episode I said it felt kind of flat with little pops, this episode it was calm, but there was that little weird frenzy, right? Where that, that, that energy was a little bit electric, but not forced. And, I mean, whenever I mess up my makeup, it's a good episode. <laughs> Sophia did get teary-eyed at the end when Millie yeah. broke down. It had a lot of good moments. Everybody kind of had their moments, especially Abby. She had a good moment. Huck and uh, Olivia had a, a little moment as well. So, it was a good episode. I'm pleased. I'm ready for it. This, there are storms coming. <laughs> I see so many storms coming. I am ready. Ready for it to come? What about you, Ben? I thought it was great. I thought the pace was great, and for um, for it to be a full season of twenty two or twenty four episodes, I felt like the pace was perfect. It didn't go too fast. It didn't go. It didn't, it didn't go too slow. It melt. It was right, perfectly in the middle, so that like obviously, like you said that Amber, you said that you're ready, but you can see some things are about to brew, and I like the fact that they're taking their time versus like boom, president's been shot in the seventh episode of season. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> now, what I love about this title is we have the State of the Union, but this episode, which a lot of scandal and a lot of shows is the relationships that we're dealing with. So it's the State of the Union, but it's also the State of the Unions in this in this show. So we have Fitz, Melly, Huck, Quinn, Fitz, Olivia, and Jake, Cyrus, they, so many different storylines. So let's just break it down. I want to start with what was going on in the White House, uh, because we have this thing where Cyrus is now showing Liv that he's still in charge. Because Liv came back into town. I wish I had the tweet. Somebody tweeted me and called her strut something was hilarious. But she came strutting back into town just thinking she still owned things. And I like how Cyrus called her out and basically said, the IRS can look at your <laughs> your statements and basically see that the United States government put money into your account. And then when she said... I'm not scared of the IRS. Then he pulls the Fitz card. I will tell him that you're still pining for him. Like, Cyrus is still my cold piece, as always. Cornelius cold piece. I'm going to go ahead and call that early. Cyrus is always my cold piece. But um, I don't know. I, I I like how even though 
she made a point and said, are we still friends? Can you still call us friends? Then he kind of twists that and he's like, okay, if you want to play that card, then I'm going to play this on you. I, I mean, I think, though, it's endemic of this show. It, it It's endemic of the fact that people arguably are family or friends or love one another and treat each other badly. Why? For the end goal, right? There's always this end goal, which is the Republic, which is the love of the Republic. And Cyrus has never made any qualms about that. So whatever he has to do. So he really does consider Olivia a friend. Mm-hmm. Like, let's not forget, she's still the godmother um, for his daughter. So he genuinely cares about her. But at the end of the day... He loves Fitz in a different type of a way, and more importantly, loves the Republic. So whatever he has to do for the lo- his his true love, his soulmate, which is the Republic, he's going to do it. Yeah, I feel like Liv and Cyrus's State of the Union has always been the same. Cyrus will ask you first nicely, mm-hmm. and then if you don't do it, here comes a threat. That's yeah. just what he does. So and and Liv knew knew the game. Like he threw the the blackmail cards call thing and she was just like okay fine yes I'll do it because that's just their thing that's a good point she makes though because he did the same thing with James yeah he, did, he does that because in all his relationships yeah. Yeah. Work, work is his baby work is what's most important so friendship always comes and right now it's all he has yeah Cyrus doesn't have anything else so he really is he seems really grouchy he's a bitter uh, Bob <laughs> but I thought you were about to say something else I ain't well, gonna go there you know what <laughs> a be- uh, yeah <laughs> He, that's all he has. So, yeah, he's going to treat everybody, you know, even worse than he does. He's going to be snippy and he's going to blackmail people because what else does he has to do? And he's grouchy. Nothing. And he's grouchy because he hasn't had any meat. No, seriously, <laughs> that will make you grouchy. Really, yeah. It does. And it the does. funny thing, I love this. I just got that he doesn't have any meat. He hasn't been getting any meat or meat. Oh! Anyway. <laughs> I see what you did there, Shonda. Yeah. <laughs> you mean like, yeah. <laughs> But we had that chicken. Oh, boy. Um, anyway, what I love about this show, I love is how how we talked about it easing in. I love how each episode we're seeing how they're going to transition from Liv being at the beach on her little vacation, standing in the sun, to back into D.C. So in this episode, this Cyrus situation pushes her back into the White House. Um, so we go back into the White House, but I love what happened with her and Abby. Because Abby has always been the person to call Liv out on her shit. So in this episode, Abby, you know, is doing the uh, the press for... What's she doing press for? She's a press secretary. She was doing... What was the story, though? I don't know. Sometimes when Abby talks, I just <laughs> tune it out. It's the, it I'm just... The, I'm over Abby. Oh, yeah, and you know what's so funny about that? I was over Abby until the Melly scene, but I won't go there yet. Okay. What, the, what she was giving press about was the breaking story of Melly being crazy. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So right. yeah. She was doing damage control. So she control. was doing damage control okay. for that. And then that is when Olivia was talking to Cyrus, telling Cyrus what she should be saying and then right after Cyrus told Abby what Olivia said and then later on we see Olivia is on TV giving press talking about the situation and she says exactly and Abby hears it and then we have this whole dialogue between them um, why was Abby mad about that that's why I don't like her because Cyrus gave her the note she agreed with it she thought it was a good note she was right. going to use it in the future and she sees Liv do it you agreed with it. why are you mad at Liv you should be mad at Cyrus because so tired of her I I like Abby and I'm glad that she's speaking up for herself Liv gets on my nerves so if Abby gets on your nerves Liv gets on mine because it's the way that Liv is is treating is treating uh, is, is treating Abby Abby has the job it's her job now let her do the job how she wants to do it. If she's doing it wrong or she's making mess up, she needs to learn on her own. She needs to no, learn her own. Liv is a fixer. That's what Liv does. Right. She fixes but everybody's lives. But she, but she literally on the bench said to Cyrus, I don't work or do favors for the White yeah. House. Theoretically, the only reason that you dealt with the Elliots was because you were theoretically blackmailed. Right. So now you can't help it. So it's kind of like two sides. Like either you're going to be a fixer and you're going to... But do you think she was helping the White House or do you think she was helping Abby? It's it, like she it, was trying to help Abby. No, it's really, it's still the White House because yeah. she was like she, she literally, I think, felt affronted that people didn't realize it was a private moment. Like I think on on that level, it really wasn't about Abby. It was really that I think Liv felt Melly was entitled to grieve the way that she wanted to grieve, and no one had a right to see that moment. Right, and that's kind of why she kind of blurted it out and then had to call Cyrus. My thing is though, and this is my issue with Abby, is the way she talked to Liv right after saying you don't know anything. Like you're, uh, let's let's <laughs> give Liv where credit, like get credit yeah, where credit yeah. is due. Yeah. Like you can't discredit Liv saying that she doesn't know what she's doing. Liv is just like 
we'll cut to or jump to later no, in the episode. No, she, um, uh, Abby said you don't know everything. She didn't say she didn't say that. She said you don't know everything, and then she went on to the whole thing about Hook and Quinn right. and how they've been, you know, oh, the incest, on, yeah, on the whole incest, incest thing. thing. No, 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 that was that was childlike though. That because that was irrelevant to the conversation. That, think about it. That had mm-hmm. absolutely nothing to do with Melly being crazy or the story about Melly being crazy. That was like a child because her parent was basically saying, "Oh, here, go forward, and you can kind of be a grown up." And then it was like, "Oh, no, no, but you're not really." Grown up, you're a child, so I'm gonna tell you what to do. So basically, like a child, she goes, Oh, well, you think you're the grown up? You don't really know everything. I'm gonna tell about this and this and this and this and this. Yeah. Which had nothing to do with nothing. But Abby's always been a she always loves to she's very um she loves she the throat. Yeah, she yeah. nitpicks. That's that's what Abby's been doing and Except she's never considered. She's getting some. When Abby is getting some, she mm-hmm. acts right. She just needs to always get some. <laughs> but I don't know, because she remember that time she broke into David's house and, st- and stuck in the shower. So even when she's getting <laughs> stuff, she's still crazy. Y'all remember but, she got in the shower with him and he was like, What are you doing in the shower? <laughs> but yeah, I, no, no, no. Yes, <laughs> let's have let's let's pause on that one. Yes. Okay. I remember. I cannot. She's crazy. So she's yeah. crazy all the time. Yeah, Abby she she nitpicks and she meddles, but but she's who she is. Although she did nitpick and it wasn't necessary for her to give that information, it was necessary because Liv is out of the know and she needed to know what's going on because by putting Huck and Quinn together and not knowing the relate the nature of their relationship, they messed up while they were in uh the the room. Um, with the Elliots. With the Elliots. So Liv needed to know that information because if she didn't, who's to say that um, the wife wouldn't have killed that man? Okay, her but husband. The, the problem is, and correct me if I'm wrong, didn't she still put Huck and Quinn on babysitter duty? Those are the only two associates she has oh, yeah, left. Right, nobody yeah. works there. Nobody, nobody works there. Nobody works there. But so. I think, but if I if I remember the sequence of events, and, and correct me if I'm wrong on Twitter, um, I think they had already been assigned babysitter duty when when she got the call from Abby. Okay, because she was literally watching it unfold, and that's when she called because because Abby was doing the press conference and she called Abby, and I think it was happening kind of like at the same time I'm team Abby so just I'm, I'm liking I like the development of Abby I like where the character is going and I kind of needed her to get away from OPA because that was starting to tire me because the thing about Abby is Abby butts head with Olivia a lot because Abby has in some ways the same type of personality and Abby wants to be in charge of her own thing so when Olivia tells her what to do she does it, but that's just because she feels like she owed Liv. Now Abby is doing her own thing, and she's like, no, Liv, this is not your place. And that's why I think that's why they're butting heads right now, because she got out of OPA. She's no longer under Olivia. She's under the president and under Cyrus. So she's like, Olivia, I need you to stay O-U-T. Well, I think it's more <laughs> like when your sister, your older sister, you and your older sister are best friends. Mm-hmm. Your older sister decides to go to college, but instead of going to college in town, she goes to college on the other side of the country. You <laughs> resent her and you feel like she left you and she walked out on you, even though you know why she did it. Right. So when she comes back, you're going to give her that attitude. You really don't want to listen to her, even though you know what she's saying is right, because you resent her because she left for her own personal reasons without either taking you with her right. or consulting you about it. That's what I think. I see her as it's like her older sister, and she's she's resentful. She she left Olivia left them. I, I, mean, I feel like Abby and originally felt like Olivia was her sister, and then when she found out that Liv told Harrison to break them up, she started to feel like, oh, maybe we're not really sisters. Maybe I'm just really a thing. Maybe I'm a thing that you fix. Maybe I'm just a person to you. And so slowly but surely, her faith and her loyalty in Liv started to chip away. And I think that she's just completely over her now because I think she thought they were closer than they were. We're going to come back to that comment later, too. I have a comment about that, but it's with a different Mm storyline. So enough about Abby, though. The Elliots. (laughs) The Elliots were our scam of the week, and I'll tell you why I like this story a lot. I like the Elliots because we're all gladiators. We've all been here since day one. We're not bandwagon fans. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, so we've all been here since day one. And the Elliots reminded me of back in the day when Olivia was sent in, I believe it was in the trail episode, to fix Fitz and Melly's relationship. And it was kind of, that's what she does. She goes in there and she fixes the relationship. So it's nice to see this dynamic. We have this woman in a wheelchair who was shot during the shooting. And then we have the man who's a POW. Uh, we have egos that are going. We have the complication of her in a wheelchair now. And dynamics that change in the relationship. So I really like the way this storyline played out. And sometimes on Scandal, I feel like the storylines are just thrown in there. Yeah. And you're kind of like, I don't really care. But for whatever reason, this storyline I actually was interested in. I want to see how it developed. And I love how they incorporated Huck and Quinn in there as well. So the state of their union is they need, like she said, they need to get a divorce. But as we saw it develop, I forgot who... 
we were watching it with uh, with Thaddeus, but he made a comment in there when she gets where she stabs him in the leg. He's like, "How did he? Why did he get so close to her?" Because <laughs> like, she is in, she's in a wheelchair. Let's be real. Like she has to wheel around. So. She's quick though. She's quick with that wheelchair. You can <laughs> stab somebody quick. if you sit down. I can stab. You, you. I'm saying you can stab, but I'm saying he has enough room to get away. And if he's having an argument, he clearly she looks like she's a little crazy. You should know that if she grabs an object. I don't need to go near that right now. But what do you guys think about the fact that she suggested they get a divorce? Usually when she goes into fixed relationships, she usually fixes their relationships. This is the first time she's ever said, you guys need to get a divorce and I'll help you. I think she was saying you need to get a divorce because she was she was trying to paint a picture that if you get a divorce, then this, 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 this will happen. So she was using reverse psychology, I think. I or perhaps she yeah. was saying that because she's over relationships and she's over right. trying to make things work for people and it's not going to work. She tried to help Melly and Fitz. You see what, that, what happened with that. Exactly. She tried to help her and Fitz. You see what happened with that. Her and Jay can't work. You see what happened with that. Her and Edison putting pop it ain't work with that. Maybe she's just like, you know what, just get a divorce because she's probably, she seems like, I took it as she's over love and she's over trying. Mm-hmm. No, and I, and I think that's an excellent point and I think that's even why she said, or if you're here for the fame, then you guys deserve each other. Exactly. Because it's also that, like, be true to whoever you are. Like, if that is the organic nature of your relationship, then be that. Stop pretending like you love each other. It's about the fame. Go do press, be the poster couple, and go forth and conquer. And that's what they did. And it's kind of like, it reminded me of the situation we had back in the day when Cyrus had to talk to Fitz about what would happen if Olivia Ooh. and Fitz got together and he caught off with Melly and he was talking about, you know, how she's going to write a tell-all book and you can, you know, have your little fairy tale story, but they're going to pretty much rip you to shreds. Right. It was one of those things where they needed to hear what would happen and if they wanted to continue that, then do it, but just know what's going to happen if you guys do either continue or get this divorce. So, I I don't know. I, really, I love this episode. I love I love this episode so much. And, and I think also, too. <laughs> no, and I, and I think that for me, what I loved about it is that there's there's always kind of like a moral story, right? And here you have two perfectly heroic, patriotic Americans, right? Like, they are, be, like, above reproach, number one. Number two, the fact that they found each other and that they're in love. And then to see how spiteful and vindictive, she literally went, wah, 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 you whiner because you were a POW? You not only served our country, but you were a POW and you were tortured and you have no sympathy for the man? I think it shows a duality between people's public and private persona. And again, you juxtapose that against everyone else in the White House. And I don't know why, but somehow I had thought that the, the title of this episode was In the Bubble, which it isn't. But I still think that that pseudo episode title fits because it shows that in the bubble everyone has a facade but the reality of that is something different and we'll talk about this later but even just seeing Melly at the State of the Union and then seeing how she collapsed that whole public private persona and I think that's what they symbolize that you really have no idea like you can absolutely adore someone and behind closed doors they can be a completely different person and or a monster just like well I won't even go there. It's not relevant. Anyway, so with Huck and Quinn, though, uh, they were guarding the Elliots. What I like during this scene, because I talk about sometimes the editing of this show, because I went to school for editing, so I know it's like certain things. I really liked in this scene, um, I think it was uh, Lisa. Lisa made a comment. She said, we were in love before all this. We were in love. And then they went straight into Liv watching uh, Fitz on TV. Or, yeah, Fitz talking about stricter gun control. Or maybe it was Fitz. No, Fitz was watching Liv on TV advocating for stricter gun control. And then we flashed to Liv later. And I just like little moments like mm-hmm. that where they connect everything together. Um, now, with Huck and Quinn, though. <laughs> the Huck and Quinn thing. <laughs> I just need them to find something else that turns them on besides this intense fight every time. And then all of a sudden... Let's get to business. Well, think about who they... Think about it, who they are, right? Quinn was a whole different person. That's not even her name. So, <laughs> she went from this Wait, one... That was up. the line of the season of all the after shows. That's not even her name. Not her name. I can't. She went from Lindsay to Quinn, who is now pseudo B6, B613. Super freak. Super freak. She was having sex in a parking lot with Huck. This lady is... <laughs> think about who she is. Huck is this just lost guy. He was thrown in a hole. He lost <clears throat> his family. He was homeless. The way they interact with each other, 
at least they're at least they can because at this point they should be you they would go crazy they should have been have went crazy based on their past and what has happened to them let them have sex it's nasty (laughs) and it's not really nasty it's only nasty because we see them as these this these brother and sister type people but i mean i don't even really see them as brother sister though i don't either but what's what i think is interesting is how how huck and quinn and then the elliots their relationships are somewhat the same it's just that um there's there's argument and fighting but there's making up and sex the elliots they argue and fight and then they try and kill each other it's 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 kind of the same thing but it's it's the opposite which i thought was interesting to see how when they were in the bathroom how they were arguing then getting ready to to make out while the elliots are literally mm-hmm. going at each other's throats but then they don't have sex they just you know she's stabbing them with a corkscrew <laughs> I, don't know. I want i want everyone to have love because love is such a beautiful thing and i even want quinn Lindsay and hug to be together <laughs> I just don't want to see it <coughs> ever. It's wet. It's rough. <laughs> it's wet. It's nasty. It's, wet. it's very I'll, I'll wet. Comment. I, it's I very be, wet. I must be a weirdo. I, you know what? I like their relationship. Yeah, actually, I, I like their relationship. Um, they're both a little, boo, you know, and you know they're both crazy. They're you know two crazies. I just I think they're perfect for each other in their own little way. And I think, and I completely agree with Bam, and I think the only reason that they're not perfect for one another is part of the reason why Huck Guillermo Diaz is just phenomenal phenomenal as an actor. Huck is still broken. The difference with Quinn is, whoever she is, she's fully realized now, right? You can feel that. Like, the way she walks, the way that she talks, the way that she maneuvers, she is fully present in who she is and her role in life and her role with the associate. She's not asking for a space anymore, right? Remember season one when she didn't even know what to do? She was like, what am I doing? Am I getting coffee? Huck (laughs) is so hurt. Like, he's literally still in his hole that I don't even think he can really interact. And that's why he's like, no, we can't do this. And that's why, fast forward a little bit, when Liv is trying to talk to him, there's such a disconnect. Because he's literally looking at her like, you didn't think this was going to happen? You can't let me connect with people and then not connect with people and connect with people and connect with my assassin, you know, I like whiskey side, and then pull it back away from me and not think that there are going to be ramifications. So I literally think he's so hurt and such a... Like a like a like almost like an abused child. That's not the word I really want to use, but that's almost how I feel when he has his moments. So you're really dealing with Huck being a child, and ironically, Quinn is an adult. What do you, do you enjoy you watching them have sex? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy certain scenes like the one where you're in the parking lot while um, we're at the table at OPA. I can't. So, <laughs> okay. My thing is, what do you guys think we about what happened? It. <laughs> we're getting it in. <laughs> what do you guys think about the conversation that Liv and Huck had, though? When she was talking to him, talking about, you know, what's been going on and how he looked at, he looked like a little puppy. <laughs> like, the way you looked at her. Like, he told her what it was. He was like, it only happened, you know, a couple times. And then she had that look on her face like, how could you? My thing is, my, my thing that I just feel, once again, I've said this numerous times, I just feel like Liv has never, I mean, she's been there in the past, but recently she's never been there for him or been the friend that he needs. And she always acts surprised when she finds out certain things about Huck. And not only that, I feel like she doesn't give him, ironically, I think what she needs like, she needs forgiveness for her actions, right? Mm-hmm. Like, again, Liv was married to her job. Mm-hmm. And he or she, whether or not she literally in this moment is having an affair with the president, was at one time having an affair with the president. And given her personality, that is, like, defacing her reputation and her moral sanctity, right? Here you have Huck having sex with Quinn, an adult who isn't married, who he happens to work with. Millions of people do it every day, and you're not kind of giving him any support or compassion. 
Like, she did, and that's why she then went to touch him, but initially it was more a reprimand. Like, how could you do this? And it's kind of like, you don't think that I need comfort, too? True. Just like you said, you know, even though you don't want to see it, everyone needs love. And I think that more importantly, not only does everyone need love, everyone wants someone to love them for organically who they are. Those demons that we all have in our heads, whatever they are, whether they're big demons or little demons, that that the side of us that we don't want anyone to see because we're afraid if we show it that someone won't like us and more importantly they won't love us that's what we're all looking for and ironically that's what Quinn and Huck to a certain extent have because that crazy those demons inside of their head they get each other Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so for, for Olivia not to understand that, because on some levels it's the exact same thing with her and Fitz. There's some energetic chemistry that regardless of intellectually how much they know it may be wrong, they see each other. They know each other. And that's what allows them to continue to be drawn together. Sophie, you better preach. She put that together so well. And on that note, we're going to take a quick commercial break. One sec, guys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was so perfect. I was like, perfect. <laughs> Keep talking, guys. I'm having tight issues. All right, uh, then. Well, well there I'll, we go. Well, I'll, <laughs> I'll say this. Um, and and to, ju- um, to, to jump with uh, onto what Sophia was saying, in addition to that, Liv knows Huck better than anyone because she knew him back when he was at the subway station and then also Olivia's past with uh, with with Quinn. So out of any of the people that should understand those two people, uh, Mm -hmm. Huck and Quinn's relationship, it should be Olivia, Uh, um, Abby and Harrison and the rest of them can make little jokes or whatever but olivia should be the one who really understands because she's she's basically been there for those two since day one true but she forgets because remember Mm -hmm. when he she sent him to torture someone or to get information and then when he started doing it on his own she was surprised that he was back into the groove or that he was addicted to to living that life so she does know him however she acts like well, whenever it's convenient for her to not know him, that's when she pulls that card. So it's like, oh, I don't know you today, but I knew you yesterday. She's very, you know, she does whatever she wants when she wants it in regards to Huck and how she judges him or how she looks at him when he does certain things. And yeah, she doesn't know when to push. Yeah. Because sometimes she pushes a little too far and she gets yoked up up against the car. Like, she doesn't always know when to push and when not to push. I'm going to piggyback on both of those comments in reference to another comment Amber made earlier. But now we'll go to commercial break. (laughs) Wherever you live in this great country of ours, Dish can bring you great TV. From the big city to the farmlands, high on a mountain or low in the valley, Dish delivers all the great movies, shows, and sports you can handle. Monthly packages start at just $19.99 a month for 12 months. This is your day, America. Get Dish and get thousands of TV shows and movies on demand and free installation in up to six rooms. Visit dish.com slash after buzz. That's dish.com slash after buzz. Limited time offer, 24-month commitment and credit qualification required. Cancellation fee and other restrictions apply. Requires a clear view of the southern sky. Call for details. Did he just say we can get Dish for just $19.99 a month? Yes, he did, dear. And what do we pay for TV now? A whole lot more than that, dear. And why do we do that? I don't know. Get Dish. Go to dish.com slash afterbuzz. That's dish.com slash afterbuzz. God, that guy has a deep voice. Dish.com slash afterbuzz. <laughs> All right, guys, make sure you check that out. And I have to make a comment quickly before we go into the meet episode. Each week we come here not planning our outfits or anything, but Sophia and I are wearing black and silver <laughs> type. And then Bam and Cornelia are wearing the same shade of blue, almost like, what is going on here? Yeah. And then Amber has on black and great minds think alike anyway right so we're gonna go into the media's episode the state of the union so right we have the change so yes to change all right so we're gonna go into the media episode um so fitz is preparing for the state of the union and obviously for the state of the union you want the first lady to be there but melly is going through a mental breakdown right now a crisis and so we're dealing with this and then we have the fact that the person the photographer paparazzi took a picture of her at the grave eating chips so I read some comments on YouTube last week, and we have mixed reviews on how <laughs> of what people think about Melly's storyline. I want to know what you guys think, because I love the way the storyline is going. I feel like, uh, especially seeing what Melly has dealt with in the past and the revelations that she made leading up to the death of her son, 
I think that this is all perfectly fine with what she's doing. But I want to know what, what your opinions are on that. I'm here for Melly. I, I want to say publicly, I want Melly to have her husband back. I have been pro-live in fits forever. But it's time for her to have her husband back. He knows why their relationship fell apart. He was at some point in love with her. They've lost their child. She's put up with so much BS in an effort to keep him at his seat. It's time for her to have her husband back. Do you think she should want him back, though, after all this? Um, I don't think that she should want him back, but she has always wanted him back. Despite it all, she's always wanted him back. And Liv is getting some from Jake. Everybody's fine. I just feel like it's just time. I, I want to see um, Fitz and Melly rebuild their marriage. And Jake and Olivia get it in. Like, real tough. Like, give me, like, eight, epi- eight episodes where they're in their separate relationships. And then something happens. And then Liv and Fitz get that minute thing with the score playing. But <laughs> I, I, I just, I don't need that right now. I'm okay with Melly's uh, storyline. It's her son. I mean, she yeah. just she just lost her son, so it seemed the best way to uh, to transition her storyline is to her is for her to obviously grieve for what's going on. And um, I think it's I think it's cool. I'm curious to see where it's gonna go. Um, but I've also wonder the disconnect because now there's a bigger disconnect between Fitz and Melly. And so I'm wondering if we're going to um if if they're gonna to get to the bottom of this or, or what's going on or if What's Mel- the bigger disconnect? They haven't they've only said two words to each other probably in the past two episodes. Well but, but I feel they like they're communicating talk. without saying any words. Like he's always checking on her, she's always nearby. He's working on his speech in the limo while she's at the grave. He could have sent Secret Service and her away. I feel like he's always with her. He might not know what to say. I think that's why she broke down at the speech because that was the first time she'd heard him say anything or address their son at all and I think that's why she broke down but I think that Fitz is slowly but surely supporting her more than he ever has just non-verbally I, com- I completely believe, um, agree with Amber and I think that and I know I'm going to get crap for this it's a different version of one minute right the reason we love one minute is because there's no talking right and I'm going to get this quote wrong but it's like be still and you know God mm-hmm. right that's what it is I think that in a relationship, the not having to talk and that ability to communicate on another wavelength, that really is true intimacy. Part of, you know, not, and I, I am not married and have never been married, and maybe that's part of the reason I am a hopeless, hopeless romantic, but in the majority of vows, when it says in sickness and, and, and in health, it truly means that. It means, like, we're going to weather the storm. And, I, and, and I'm not kind of trying to throw shade on anyone or anything. Mm-hmm. But I do think that there's a certain aspect where we don't take marriage seriously enough. We don't tough it out. Like, we don't really realize, like, no, if this is till death do us part, mitigating certain things that are non-negotiable, we're really going to ride this out. And I think that's what they're doing. They're, they're there for each other in whichever way they can. He is not <laughs> capable of grieving in the same way that she is on the grave, but he's still there for her. He had her chips. Like, the minute the serviceman came, he had her chips ready, and you could see on his face it was hurting him that she was still hurting. Yes, he opted to not be in the meeting with Liz and and the vice president to, like, plan the whole... Like, he, they were in his office and he wasn't there. He was at the grave in the limo. And there's really nothing wrong with how Melly is grieving. The only thing wrong with it is that people will take pictures and criticize her. But if she were just some regular mom from Texas who lost her son and happened to be at his gravesite every day with her pajamas on and her Ugg boots, nobody would care. Right. People would be like, you know what, let's send her food to the house. Nobody mm-hmm. would criticize her or they would judge her. They would just let her, let her grieve. Everybody grieves differently. You know what, in reference to what you were saying, Sophia, um, about the state of marriage... Which, in the show, but also just the state of marriage in general that's going on in the U.S. all over. When I was on the red carpet this weekend, uh, this guy... (laughs) (laughs) had to plug it. When I was on the red carpet, (laughs) check it out on Chasing L.A. Um, This guy, I I don't want to quote the wrong actor, but somebody said, because I asked, um, you know, what advice do you give for somebody who's trying to chase their dreams, whatever. He said, the main thing I would say is there can't be a plan B. If you're going after some type of goal, there cannot be a plan B. If you want to be an actor, that's the only thing. It's Yeah, you might have a waiting job on the side. You may work in the office or whatever. But you know for a fact, I'm going to be an actor. I'm going to be a director. I'm going to be a casting director. I'm going to be a singer, whatever. Because when there's that plan B, you always say, okay, if this doesn't work out, I have this. In this situation, Melly, 
Melly and Fitz. Right now, Olivia is still Fitz's plan B. There cannot be a plan B. Otherwise, it's not going to work out. So, I don't know. I completely agree with you. It's just one of those things where I, I'm the same with you. I want Melly and Fitz to work right now. And everybody who's been watching our after show from the beginning knows I'm the biggest Olitz fan. I do not support Jolivia, Olake, whatever you want to call it. Um, <laughs> but I really want Fitz and Melly to get back together because, like you said, now that revelations have been made regarding the relationship and what really broke down the marriage and what really happened as to why he strayed away... Not saying that he strayed because, like, there's no excuse for straying away from your wife. But now that we know what really <clears throat> happened, I really want Fitz and Melly to get back together and restore their relationship. I don't for that reason. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. Be, um, well, I want to go back for a second. Um, when the, com- the the conversation that they had that uh, Fitz and uh, and uh, Cyrus was having, like, I, the only communication when I was saying how there's a, how there's a, how there's a disconnect, the only time where he was, you know, speaking to her was when he was trying to convince her to, to, you know, be a part of the State of the Union when she wasn't ready. And I feel like that conversation to me says that he didn't really give a damn about her or how she's feeling. It's more so of we need to, the, the facade of the... Wait, uh, but did you take robot. it that way? Did you take it I that did. way? Or did you take it as... My wife's hurting right now, so instead of the media continuing to bash her, because the aftermath of her not going to the State of the Union will be even worse than it already is. So she's already dealing with all this stress and pressure from the death of her son. Obviously, she's grieving. But by going to that event and standing up and clapping for her husband and showing that she's supportive of everything he's saying, the media will kind of back away, and she can go back to doing what she's doing. But then we can go We can go with Liv if... The way that Liv fixed his speech, if Melly was not there, the way... Aliyah fixed his speech and how to handle and address the issue. Melly didn't need to be there. No, I Melly totally needed to be there, though. Disagree. I, no, I totally disagree with you, Bam, on that last statement. Disagree. There is no way that he could have talked about his grieving wife and not literally been able to then have that moment where he literally was like my amazingly strong, right. beautiful wife, pan to wife. Because that moment audience, almost made me cry. Thank you. The whole audience has a standing ovation. She stands up, and then the stoic way that she sits back down, that solidified it. That literally, in that moment, not only do I think that it, in some way, not completely, but not only did it mend their relationship, because you saw how Melly looked at him. Like, <clears throat> at the end of the speech, the way that Melly got up, Melly was like, that's the fit that I have given all of this shit up for. That's the man. Right, that's but all. See, but is that really me. how she took it? I, I totally did. Like it was, it was literally, it was that moment because I think that she really loves Fitz the president. Like that's why you have defiance. That's why she's had babies for him for for. The, the, the possibility of having a president who literally is going to, uh, to, to nominate an attorney general on the other side of the, of the aisle. You're a Republican president on your second term and you're gonna, uh, you're gonna nominate a Democrat, but anyways, I think though. Your hands are cold. Sorry, they really are. (laughs) Cold heart. That's why I'm not married. (laughs) (laughs) I can't. I can't. But I think I think she had to be there, and I think that's why also too they had to have that moment at the end where she literally broke down because I think that she's finally putting down the facade. I think that that Fitz is finally stepping into himself, hopefully as a man and as a president, and she is letting her guard down. And hopefully in that space, they can get back to when he was governor and she was a partner at a law firm and a fully realized, intelligent human being and potentially, not necessarily mend their relationship, but get to a point where whatever they decide, they're okay with it. I don't know. I think Scandal's made me a cynic and I'm always thinking about conspiracy theories because when he was doing the speech and Melly was listening, us knowing what we know of Liv giving him that extra bit to talk about, we know that Fitz thinks that Mama Pope killed her son. Killed his son, right? We don't know what Melly thinks. We've never seen Fitz talk to Melly about it. We've never seen anyone Melly tell me never, about it. Melly didn't. You no, know, I, I know that Melly doesn't think or, or know or whatever that Mama Pope killed her son. But that might have been the first time she heard it even about the strain. Or does she know that it's something else and Fitz was lying? I feel like she took more to hearing about her son's death and either believe the story or didn't believe the story. It kind of reopened the wound. Hmm. Yes. Like, I think it was more about, I think it was more about that. Because we don't know why Melly thinks her son is gone. I don't think that Fitz would ever tell her it was Mama Pope because then she'd want Olivia dead. I don't think that she thinks it's that. But is this the first time that she's heard that it was this rare strain? Did she think that whole rare strain thing was bullshit? I feel like I saw a beat 
where she didn't really believe that's what it mm. was. I'm just more wondering what's going on there. Mm. See, I took that part as them showing us something. Shonda never shows us something that we won't use later. Mm-hmm. When, she, when he... Well, I'm, sorry, wait, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I just have to say this because you mentioned Shonda. The writers, Shonda is the creator, but I don't think Shonda has written for a scandal. So can we just say Shonda and the crew, the writers? Because we always say Shonda, 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 but they have really, really, really good writing. So I'm, I, Since we don't know their name, we're going to say, I'm going to say Shonda never <laughs> shows us. <laughs> I get it. Shout out to the writers. Right. And we don't know all of their names because there's probably about 10 or 12 of them. I'm sorry, I don't know your names. They never show us stuff that we don't use or that doesn't come back. Mm-hmm. So I took that when he mentioned how the son died as Melly hearing that. And then later when she finds out something different, she's probably going to hold it against Fitz or feel like somebody betrayed her mm-hmm. by not telling her the truth about what happened. And then there's going to be some type of wrath. That's how I took that. Hmm. I did think that I do think they're going to use it again. Yeah. Every, the chicken's coming back. Everything's coming back. The fried chicken's coming back. Yeah. I like, I, I like how we show. saw the dynamic between, cause why, why I do like the way Melly's storyline is going. I like how we see the dynamic between the different relationships around Melly. Melly and Cyrus, Melly and Fitz, even Melly and Abby now. That scene with Melly and Abby, we're just going to gloss over really quick, but Gabby. that was a very powerful scene. What's today? Gabby. <laughs> but the way the way that, that, that we did that scene or that they put Abby in that position, especially if we juxtapose it to what happened earlier with her and Olivia, it kind of showed us, oh, wait, wait a minute. Abby's a bad bitch. Like, Abby, Abby's coming into her own and Abby's owning who she is as the White House press secretary. So I really like the way that went. I kind of want to see what's going to happen with the whole Melly Cyrus conversation um, as we go along, but let's go ahead and get into the meat of the episode with Fitz, Olivia, and Jake. Um, do y'all want to start with Jake and Olivia or Fitz and Olivia? I have no preference because I said this on start. Twitter. I, I want Olivia to just be single. I'm, in fact, I'm just going to start single. with Jake. I want her to be single. Single. Um, <laughs> Jake and Olivia um, I have to say, Olivia uh, Jake did look better this episode than he did last episode. I'll give him that. Um, that last scene off. got me a little hot and bothered. Um, but <laughs> I'm just still not feeling it. And, you know, I like that Jake is calling it a booty call. Because right now I feel like that's what it is. We said that last week. There's a lot of uh, sexual chemistry. But as far as right now, the uh, emotional and intellectual connection is lacking. Um, so he has his hotel room. And Olivia basically says that... You know, she's not saying she's in charge of him, but, you know, in Olivia's mind, she thinks, okay, if I'm calling Jake and telling him to come over, he's going to come over. And he hung up the phone on her, and then he did the face like that. A lot of guys are like, what that bitch? Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, you know, if, if a girl calls most dudes and says, come through, he's mm-hmm. going to come through. So she probably wouldn't assume that he would say no. Right. Most dudes, when you say come through, they at home doing the Dougie and or the Nene getting ready and excited, getting <laughs> oh. in their car and they come over. That That's just how, that's what we assume. Right. But she seems to be totally okay with this whole setup. She, if it's a booty call, she seems fine with this. I mean, she seemed really ready for it. it. She came to this place in a trench coat with boots on and nothing other than you. I was expecting sexy lingerie. I wasn't expecting just straight out nude. But, and and it's funny, we said off camera, and I'm going to say it again, is that it literally was the exact opposite and or the same thing that Melly said Fitz would do. She basically was like, you see Olivia, you get all hot and bothered, and then you basically jump on me, mm-hmm. right? So that's literally what happened. Mm. Fitz and Olivia mm-hmm. had their moment, and that's what they do. Their intimacy is work, right? Because they see each other. They literally and figuratively see each other. And then what does she need to do? She needs to go home because she couldn't sleep with Fitz. Mm-hmm. So she did good. with her. And her life is so hard. Right? Her and that's exactly so why there was no lingerie. Because mm-hmm. it wasn't that type to think about. It's it's oh. the arguably other than the the walking across the the, the little seal, mm-hmm. it's the first time they've literally seen each other. In what, at least six months? Death of a child, forth, so, forth, so forth and so on. So it's not going to be lingerie type of sex. It is literally, sorry, grown folk moment. Trench coat, no clo- clothes, boots type of on the table. Mm-hmm. Get going to it. There. And, then did you, and did you also notice that when she didn't want to take his uh, his notes look uh, observe the way she snatched it she snatched mm. it from him when she's yeah it? when she snatched it from him she did reenactment this. she did this like boy give me the notes <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. I'll take a look at it. Right? And then she's like, it's fine. He's like, I know you live. I know it's not fine. You say it's fine. And then she's like, okay. So this is what's wrong. Like, I love their relationship, but I just, I want her to be single right now. That's I, my, I do, too. That's my thing. I need, I need Olivia to be single. And she can have this little Jake booty call on the side, but it ain't nothing. So all you old lake shippers. Oh, Bye, Felicia. But she should have. I think. <laughs> I think that when, um, when the Elliots were were walking out, she should have turned away and she should have walked out. But we're I walking think, out from where? Um, with, oh, in the, the room. The, when, in, in the room. She stayed and she, she uh, stayed and she pondered for mm-hmm. a second because. Uh, do you think she pondered because she was waiting for him to say something? Of course or she was. Yeah, yeah. she knew he was going to do something. Yeah. Uh, can Olivia and I please have the room? You think, no, we don't need to do that. Me and Olivia need the room. Like, right. She totally it's was. It's been right. three months. Yeah. She was away for three months. Yeah. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how this triangle plays out. But I love how, as you can see by our conversation, like I don't feel like that was the bulk of the episode. There was a lot going on, but yeah. it was other things going on that were interesting. And we'll highlight these quick things. Um, I, I don't know. what What is Jake researching right now? He's... Uncovering. He's basically trying to figure out because he basically he basically thinks that Papa Pope killed Harrison. Got it. And so he wants. I think he wants to prove that. I don't know what his end goal in in trying to do that is, but that I think is his intention. And then we have David. I like going David's back. character I, this episode. He's winning. I like. Oh, that was that's what I wanted to piggyback on earlier because okay. you made a comment about Abby and David um, and how uh, Olivia or it was Abby and Huck or Huck and Olivia and you were talking about Abby in some reference. But what I was talking about is it goes back to what David said when Olivia he said that pretty much Olivia does what she needs to do to win. So she pushes everybody to the side when she needs them and then when she doesn't. You know what I mean? Like, it's the same thing you were saying. So I like that David said it out loud. He's like, okay, I'm going to do the same thing Olivia does. It works for her. It can work for me. And it did. And he was an OG in that scene. Like, but how does he still even have the files three months later? Like, what is Papa Pope doing? Like, how does he have all the B6? Th- oh, now that he's back. Yeah, like, how does he still have them? Three months later, how have they not been snatched back up? Why doesn't Papa Pope know where they are when he You know knows the funny everything? thing, though? If Papa Pope does know everything, then you have to believe that Papa Pope has something in the works. If he knows somebody has those files, he has something in the works where he's not concerned. That makes sense. Like, yeah, and, and and I think that arguably, as you can see by by David saying he wants to win, David now is in the bubble. Has the fire before, yeah. before he was an outsider. So as an outsider, of course you're trying to take down the regime. Now, literally, David is the regime. He's he's the Attorney General of the United States of America. He has actually chosen sides. He chose sides the first time when he had the little USB with the whole defiance files on it, and that's how he got his job back. That was, like, step one. Step two is now basically being like, okay, someone's trying to basically blackmail me. I'm going to blackmail them, and I'm going to win. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's finally crossed over. I think he never wants to go back to teaching English. Yeah. He's over almost getting killed all the time. He's just yeah. like, I give up. Yeah. I, I like the move that he made, yeah. definitely. Yeah, and okay. there was no sparks with even Abby. Oh, and just, oh, I'll, I'll wait for predictions. Sorry, because okay. <laughs> I have so many predictions on the show. This is my last thing, and I don't know why this made me so giddy, but I like, <laughs> what am I doing with my hands? <laughs> I like how in the episode, um, it was the moment, because we completely glossed over this, it was the moment after uh, Melly had her standing ovation I love how he then tied that into gun control. That was I was sitting in that scene and all like wow because he became president. Yes. in that moment in that scene mm-hmm. I was saying like I see him as a president now because mm-hmm. a lot of times in the show we see Fitz is a little weak he's mm-hmm. unsure of himself in that moment I know Olivia helped him with the speech but in that moment I'm like whoa that transition though mm-hmm. that I I enjoyed that I enjoyed that and I'll end on that I know we can't talk about everything on this after show because we are. Uh, we have a time constraint, but guys, as you can see, we all engage on Twitter now. All of us, <laughs> including me. I finally responded, so we're all on Twitter. We'll give you our Twitter handles as well as Amber's at the end of the show, but make sure you tweet us your thoughts. Leave comments on YouTube. We do respond. Leave comments on iTunes. Um, thank you so much, guys. Now let's go into predictions. No. News and gossip? Do we have news and no, gossip? we want to no. do cold pace. Oh my God. I keep forgetting. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I do this every week. I'm, okay, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. So we're going to scratch that. <laughs> All right. So now we are going to go into the cold piece of the week by Cornelia. Ah. Hey. So this hey. week, 
episode two, I'm going to give cold peace. And I know I might get some backlash for this, but Miss Olivia Pope gets cold peace of the week because not only did she lay down the terms of her relationship with Jake, like she always does, but she made it clear, yes, you are a booty call. Yes, I like Fitz. Yes, he is my man in my mind, but I'm still going to come over to your house with a trench coat on, nothing underneath with boots on like Robin Gibbons in Boomerang, and I'm going to put it down on you. And you have nothing to say about it. You have to open the door. You have to let me in. You have to give it to me. And that's what I said. And what she even said something in regards to, in regards to like, come here right now or something. Oh, yeah. Something like that. Regardless, Olivia Pope, you are a cold piece because you put it on Jake. If y'all don't like him, I don't know what to tell y'all, but hey. All it right. Is what it Can is. you just also explain cold piece? And if anyone is out there wa- uh, watching or, or listening, that they could hashtag cold piece and then express who their cold piece is. So cold piece is either good or bad. Either you put it like you did something that was just straight out cold, or either you just you're just a boss. So Amber is a cold piece because she's a boss in her career. She's out here in the street, in the streets. Or you know, if you're just a dirtbag, you're a cold piece in that regard. But in this case, Olivia she bossed up and she put it on Jake, so I gave her cold piece of the week. I love it. And if you recognize this song, please tweet us to see who recognizes this classic. Um, but anyway, <laughs> let's go into news and gossip now. No predictions. I'm off. <laughs> I got to be off. TV predictions. All right. Um. So I want to hear y'all's predictions. I don't you really have with Amber. Since yeah. you have okay. Home. Yes, I have. I have so many, but I'm gonna just do predictions based on this episode because okay. I'll talk to you about Papa Pope and Olivia's daddy, and then it'll be like an extra hour. Oh, and just why. so you know, Amber did not watch the preview for next week. She likes to go into it blind. Yes, so. I have no idea what happens next Thursday. Okay, so here's the predictions: the photographer taking pictures of Melly. I think Liz is behind that. I think Liz, the vice president's aide, is very, let's keep this all Republican strong. Let's take down Fitz because I think the plan is for Andrew to eventually run for president. And so they're positioning now to get ready. So any any chipping away at Fitz, I think, is Liz. I don't think you cast Portia de Rossi for no reason. Mm-hmm. And she's really going to go head-to-head with Cyrus a lot. And regarding the Harrison Adnan body thing, I think Quinn was the one that researched like the little investigator that she is and found the body and had it exhumed in an effort to bring Olivia back. I um I loved your predictions. I just want to say please, please, please talk to us about the whole Lizzie Bear, Cyrus and the sex worker thing online because I completely forgot about that. But I want to oh, continue that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why is why doesn't Cyrus think that people recognize him? He's the chief of staff in DC. Like people know who you are. Exactly. He lives in a bubble. Literally. Like, yeah. Yeah. What are y'all's predictions? I'm actually, yeah, I'm good. good. That was, I love those yeah, predictions good. and we'll continue and say more of our predictions online. But guys, let us know where you can find or where we can find you on Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. I'm Amber Bickham on everything. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Amber Bickham, at me. Perfect. I'm at Bam Erickson. At Sophia Stanley. At Cornelia, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. <laughs> and I am at Emil Ennis Jr. Same thing on everything. And on YouTube, at Chasing LA. Make sure you check out all my red carpet footage from this weekend. Thank you guys so much. I really enjoyed uh, doing this after show with my favorite people and with Amber. Make sure you check out Black Jesus on Adult Swim. and uh, Thursday nights at 11. Oh, yeah. Bam was on Adult Swim um, on Black Jesus a couple <laughs> episodes ago. We all watched it. Screenshot. Proud little sisters and brothers over here. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you tune in next week. Let's get those numbers to 100,000 views or more. Remember, tell five friends or more, whoever you want. Show your coworkers, all that stuff. But watch separately so it doesn't count as, you know, just one <laughs> All right, guys, we'll see you next week. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 